Good evening. We are thrilled to see you tonight. If you have your Bibles, you'd be turning to the book of Proverbs. We're going to spend some time there tonight and maybe for the short-term foreseeable future. I don't know. I feel certain we won't go through the whole book, if that helps. But we'll probably be here a little while. Wisdom. Someone has described wisdom as the application of knowledge. The learning gives way to experience, and experience becomes wisdom, and you become mature. And one of those people who, well, people go to for counsel. They seek you out because they know that you will have wise counsel. And that's the kind of thing we want to get to in our lives, a maturity, a wisdom, words like, Shrewdness comes to mind, discretion, prudence, skillful, sagacious. These kinds of words are used to describe a wise person. The Bible has a section of Scripture that we call wisdom literature, none probably more fitting than the Proverbs, where these short statements of wisdom are given to uh, very frequent throughout the book, a father to his son. That's the way it's pictured most frequently. They cover a wide range of subjects. Wisdom, sin, goodness, wealth, the tongue, strife, temptation, justice, friendship, freedom, marriage, idleness, poverty, benevolence, education, forgiveness, folly, family life, pleasure, diligence, dishonesty, revenge, gluttony, and more will be found in the book of Proverbs. Guy M. Wood says of the Proverbs, Proverbs teaches us that godliness is always the happiest and best way of life, that faithful obedience to God and the right relationship with man are the only true wisdom, and wickedness and impiety the sheerest folly. Tonight, I thought we would kind of do an introduction and maybe look at some sections, hopefully make it back to chapter one. Eh, not terribly likely. But we, we will just kind of look at wisdom in the book first and just see some things that this book says about wisdom. The first of which is, I'm going to refer to it as the call of wisdom. We'll say this word here in just a moment, but wisdom is personified in the book and given life and animation as if wisdom could talk, as if wisdom were a person. And with that kind of scenario, then wisdom does several things. And one of the things it does is it calls to people. It invites people. It asks people, come here. Let me talk to you and let me share with you something. So here in chapter 1, the call of wisdom. And we, if we have time, circle back, we get into chapter 1, what we'll see is wisdom is often rejected. In Proverbs chapter 1, notice verse number 20. Depending on rendering, it might say wisdom calls or wisdom shouts in the street. She lifts her voice in the square. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the gates in the city, she utters her say. Now, try to imagine that for just a moment. 
that wisdom has life and animation, and that wisdom goes down to the city square, if you will, to among the most busiest section where all the people are coming and going and all of the happenings are occurring. And she positions herself right there, and then she shouts to anybody who will hear wisdom's call. And what does she say? Verse 23 or 22, how long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded and scoffers delight themselves in scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. You know, the opposite of wisdom or the individual who would listen to wisdom in this book is referred to as a fool. And if you look up the word fool, it'll actually say something like stupid, dull. Wisdom, on the one hand, is crying out to be heard, and wisdom is being ignored and rejected. And here's the thing. All of those lists we just went through, family, business, prudence, and all of those 25, actually there were 25 of them, all of those things, both people have to live them. Both people have to deal with every one of those subjects. And wisdom is saying, I know how to do it. Wisdom stands there, shouts to everybody, come here and listen to me. And the individuals who hear wisdom's call and rejects it, the Bible would say that person's foolish. It is foolish to reject wisdom's call and have to go live out life where you will need wisdom. Every one of those areas of life. And so, the first thing we notice is wisdom's call. The second thing, there in chapter 2, the source of wisdom. Where is the source of this wisdom? It's not our point tonight. The first five or six verses, five verses in chapter 2, really talk about the young man's need to desire wisdom, how much he needs to want it. And so it goes into uh, how he should value wisdom and how he should rate it as by way of its importance. And so you will read words like treasure it and seek for it and search for it as hidden treasure and far above rubies. That's the kind of import he's to have to it. But begin reading with me at verse number six and note the, the source of wisdom. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. You know, you sh we, we could stop right there and I suppose build a week's worth of sermons or a month's worth of sermons on that one verse alone, but listen to the source of wisdom. Who is that calling out there in the street? Where, who, where is that wisdom coming from? Why would one be foolish to reject it? Because wisdom comes from God. The Lord gives wisdom. Where do you get it? Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. You know, the Lord's words come out of his mouth. Where do yours come from? Your words come out of your mouth. Got you. But go backward a step. Where did your mouth get them? Words don't escape the mouth until they originate in the mind. And so it's the mind that gives the mouth the words. Same thing is true with God. If God is speaking, that's his mind speaking. Those words are coming from the mind of God, which is why one would be a fool to reject it. You're going to go live in his world, and you're not going to listen to him tell you how to do it? You're going to try to figure it out while rejecting his words? 
How long, ye simple-minded, will you reject wisdom? How long will you go about living in this life, his world, his creation, and you're not going to listen to him? The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Let's keep reading. Verse number 7, he stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, and he preserves the way of his good, godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity and every good course, for wisdom will enter into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. What will happen? Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you to deliver you from the way of the evil man. In this book, there are evil people and there are good people. And the evil people needs to be avoided. In fact, this is not the only time you'll read the word, deliver you from the evil. How are you going to do that? The Lord will give you wisdom. The Lord will tell you how to do that. There is a section in this book, if you would like some homework, read chapters 5, 6, and 7 in one setting and listen to how he talks to young men and young women about avoiding evil men and evil women. And he will tell his son, stay away from that kind of woman. Don't listen to her. Don't go after her. Don't chase her. Don't do that, son. And he will say of the daughter, keep you from the evil man. Wisdom would have you know that. Wisdom would do that. God would have you do that. It matters. In fact, when we get back to chapter 1, likely not tonight, but when we get back to chapter 1, one of the first things that he talks about is, mind the company you keep. It matters who you run with. It matters who you befriend. In fact, I wish we would do some work on the word friend. It's terribly unfortunate that the word friend is now used for strangers. Somewhere on Facebook, I got about 2,000 friends. <laughs> probably about 1,900 of them I don't even know. Well, I probably know them. But I don't know a whole lot of those people, and they're my friends. That's not what the word means at all. And sometimes people make themselves friends with people they shouldn't be friends with. That's just the fact of it. And he will say to his son, if sinners entice thee, don't you go with them. There are some people to avoid Wisdom would have us do that. Number three, it's precious. The preciousness of wisdom can be seen in chapter 3. Let's jump into about verse 13, and we'll just start reading there. How precious is it? Verse number 13 says, how blessed is the man who finds wisdom. How blessed is the man? What does he find? He found wisdom. And the man who gains understanding. For her profit is better than the profit of silver, and her gain better than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who hold her fast. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps were broken up, and the skies drip with dew. My son, let them not vanish from your sight Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul and an adornment to your neck. 
then you will walk in your way securely and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Is there anything better than lying down at night with sweet sleep? With a peaceful mind? With a rest that says I'm right with God and man? I'm not agitated or irritated. There's nothing out there that's going to get me. There's no surprises I'm unaware of. There's nothing I'm trying to hide. There's nobody who is after me. Just go to bed and sleep is sweet. What provides that? Wisdom does that. Better than jewels, more precious than gold and silver, the preciousness of wisdom. And then there is the preeminence of it in chapter 4. Where does it rank? How important is it? What's the significance? Begin reading with me at verse number 5. The King James will say, get wisdom, get understanding, or acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will guard you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom, and with all your acquiring, get understanding. He goes on to say, prize her, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a garland of grace. She will present you with a crown of beauty. Hear, my son, and accept my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have directed you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in upright paths. When you walk, your steps will not be impeded, and if you run, you will not stumble. Take hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. How many people live their lives without wisdom and have unfortunately suffered some immense mistakes, some terrible decisions. If only they had listened. How often has one said that? Oh, if only I had listened. If only I had heeded the instruction. If only I would have done it the way wisdom would have prevented all of that. Where's the preeminence of wisdom? It's among the most important thing anybody can get. Get wisdom. Get understanding. With all thy getting, get understanding. He says, love her, and all of those blessings will follow. Number five, the possession of wisdom. Over in chapter 8, I say possession because wisdom refers to herself as being that which God possesses and uses. And in verse number 12 of chapter 8, wisdom says, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogance, and the evil way, and the perverted mouth I hate. Counsel is in mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. Power is mine. By me, 
kings reign and rules decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles all who judge rightly. I love those who love me, and those who diligently seek me will find me. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and righteousness, my fruit is better than gold, even pure gold, and my yield better than choices silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, in the midst of the paths of justice, to endow those who love me with wealth that I may fill their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old, from everlasting I was established. From the beginning, from the earliest times of the earth, when there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While he had not yet made the earth and the fields, nor the first dust of the world. God possesses wisdom. You to continue to read all the way to the end of this chapter, it would enumerate that over and over and over again. What have we talked about so far? The call of wisdom. Wisdom is personified as having light and going to the busiest portion of the street and screaming, would you listen to me? Would you not go try to live in this world, God's world, without me? How long will you not listen? You ever said that to somebody? When are you going to live? How long will it? That's exactly what wisdom is saying. We talked about the source of wisdom. Why should you listen? Because the Lord gives wisdom. Now, unfortunately, some people have in their mind that God might do that miraculously or God is going to do that some other. No, Proverbs 2, 6 is the answer. The Lord gives wisdom. Out of, his out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. In fact, it is the case that if you want to know the mind of God, you just need to read your Bible. You want to know what God is thinking and what he has done and what is planned. He shared it. There's God. You can learn him. You can learn all about God. You can learn all about his judgments. You can learn all about what he thinks. You can just read his word. The Lord gives wisdom. Out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Is it precious? More than gold, more than silver. Preeminent? chiefest above all things. The possession of it, God possessed it and used it to make the world. Finally, in chapter 9, wisdom has a feast. And the picture is, again, impossible to miss. Wisdom is throwing a party, a banquet, if you will. And wisdom is inviting people to come and sit at her table and eat with her and learn. Proverbs chapter 9, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has prepared her food. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her maidens, and she calls from the tops of the heights of the city. Whoever is naive, let him turn in here. To him who lacks understanding, she says, Come. Eat of my food, drink of the wine I have mixed, forsake your folly and live, and proceed in the way of understanding. He goes on and on and on in describing this great feast and wisdom's invitation. 
in the time we have remaining, which is not much. Go back to chapter 1. The book opens in talking about the usefulness of the Proverbs and the usefulness of wisdom. In these first seven verses, by way of introduction, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, is identified that to know wisdom and instruction, here is the purpose in verses 2 to 4, to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. The benefit, verses 5, 6, and 7, a wise man will hear and increase in learning. And the man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles, the fear of the Lord. Where does this all begin in this process? Maybe, maybe the most important verse in the book is verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools hate wisdom and instruction. Where does this all begin? With an acknowledgement of God and a submission to God and a reverence for God. Wisdom would lead us to learn the Lord, would lead us to revere the Lord, would lead us to submit to the Lord, would lead us to obey the Lord, to honor the Lord, to trust in the Lord, to follow the Lord. It would provide us safety. They will protect us. Security, they will ground us. Stability, they will anchor us. Spirituality, they will inform us. And salvation, they will save us. We're going to begin next week, Lord's will, chapter 1, talk about wisdom. And again, the first lesson right out of the gate is mind the company you keep. That'll be verse 8 down to verse number 19. Time permitting, we'll talk from 20 to 33, but that may be the second lesson. And wisdom is rejected, unfortunately. How are you in wisdom tonight? How are you in your pursuit of knowledge and understanding? We absolutely need to sit at the feet of the Lord, listen to his wisdom, gain understanding, and then live that out in our lives. It might be the case that you're not a Christian tonight, and if it is, we want you to become one. The Lord has given his word. The Lord has given the Christ. The Lord wants you to be saved, and he has made that possible through his Son. Would you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Would you repent? Would you confess the name of Jesus and be buried with him in baptism? And if you will do that, then God will keep his word. He will wash away your sins. He will save you, add you to his body. Now that you are a Christian, the Bible will call upon you to live a holy life, to live a sanctified life, to grow in the grace and the knowledge of God. And as you're growing in your grace and knowledge of our Lord and your understanding, as you live that out, you will absolutely need wisdom. You will need this discretion, this maturity, this ability to discern between this and the that. And not everything we discern is absolutely right or wrong, light and dark, good and evil. That we will come to early. But it's that wisdom that moves us even beyond those points 
that we all need in our lives. If you are his child and you've not lived in a way that's pleasing to your heavenly father, then come home. One of the, the great pictures in scripture is that no matter what we do, if we will but repent and change our minds and lives, God will forgive. It is one of the greatest things that the Bible sets forth. The goodness of God leads us to repentance. If you have any, any way we can help you tonight, we invite you to come as we stand and as we sing.